Ghoul morning. It's September 19th. Time for another episode of Spooktember, a daily Halloween prep podcast brought to you by someone who didn't really get to enjoy Halloween last year, so we're doing it right. Every day of September, we talk about something awesome that gets us in the Halloween mood, and I got a heck of a one here. I'm going to talk about a local indie film production company from Madisonville, Kentucky. You probably haven't heard of them, and you're going to be excited after you do. That was grammatically correct, I think. Let's get started. One of the biggest challenges of filmmaking is taking your original vision that you have during the pre-production process and carrying it through the entire shoot, the edit bay, and then finally the release without going over budget. You want that projector or digital projector or laptop screen to show the thing you want to make, but you also want to not be bankrupt by the end of it. The horror genre in particular is infamous for the fact that you can get a lot done with a little bit of money. The first paranormal activity is legendary in Hollywood for this because the movie made $192 million in the box office and it cost $11,000 to make. That is that 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 is the far end of the spectrum of independent horror movie makes a lot of money. Paranormal Activity. There's a reason there were four of those movies. Independent horror movies can get so much done with so little. And on that note, I want us to start thinking about consuming independent horror that isn't stuff a YouTuber who makes fun of horror movies dug up in an effort to keep their content chain going. Uh, uh, you know, things that have been memed to death. Let's look at independent horror made by local places, by by people who are making good stuff but haven't made it huge. Uh, I, I'm going to talk about an independent... Produ- uh, I'm going to talk about a independent production company based out of a town of 19,000 people in rural western Kentucky. I want to talk about Big Biting Pig Productions based out of Madisonville, Kentucky. Big Biting Pig Productions uh, is the partnership between PJ Woodside and Steve Hudgens, who have a cool dynamic of every time they do a movie, they swap. So uh, it'll be like a Steve Hudgens directed movie with PJ Woodside writing. And then the next time they do a movie, it'll be PJ Woodside directing and Steve Hudgens writing. Uh, It is really cool. And they put out between 2007 and 2016, they averaged just over a movie a year, which is wild to me uh let's run through their filmography real quick all right uh, forgive me a couple of mouse clicks while i pull this up here i'm gonna roll through uh some movies i have seen in their catalog and then i'll just briefly mention a few of the ones that uh, i haven't seen um so the first movie there's on the list is maniac on the loose i haven't watched this one all the way through uh this one is free on youtube now but I just want to briefly touch on it. Maniac on the Loose, as the title implies, doesn't have the best approach to mental health. But it's basically like a slasher movie with a heavy dose of torture porn, like creative kills. This was made in 2008, so we're looking at... It's it's a response to, like, Saw and Hostel and all the Eli Roth, like, you know, what is it, Cabin in the Woods or whatever, his uh, Cabin Fever. It is their response to, like, all the overtly gory, violent movies, and uh, it's a pretty simple one. This has a... Th- 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 it's got basically the plot of Halloween, according to the description, because it's about 
uh, or it's like a more evil if if Doctor Loomis was more evil because like the guy is running around trying to cover up the kills as he's as they're happening. Uh, the first movie of theirs that I definitely can remember the plot of is their second on their website. It's Goat Sucker, which is um, uh, capitalizing on the rash of sightings of a legendary creeper called El Chupacabra, Spanish for the Goat Sucker. A touristy hiking company creates a Goat Sucker hiking tour. The pleasant hike turns into a nightmare when disturbing events cause the group to suspect the goat sucker may be more than just a legend so in an interview steve hudgens uh talking about goat sucker said that this movie could be a whole um there could be a movie just about the tour group and he's right like the the relationships and the tensions of the different wacky characters in this group are awesome and uh Like, there are some visceral reactions my friends had to watching this movie that still resonate today if I bring it up. They will, uh, there's a disgusting thing that happens that they will still groan and talk about, ah, that movie with that guy that did the, like, it's, you will not, uh, I, this is not related to the gross thing, you will not see the ending of Goat Soccer coming, I'll just say that. Uh, then there's a movie called Widow, which I haven't seen, that seems to be playing with, like, hard dream are these dreams or reality which is the thing that'll come back up in a moment and now we're gonna get to hell is full which is one of the two movies i'm going to talk about the most hell is full is a zombie movie with a plot that happens in reverse which i love the first person to die in this movie is the last person to die uh (laughs) so this this whenever someone dies and hell is full the zombie that kills them it it flashes back to it shows that that zombie's name when they were alive and then shows them a couple of hours earlier before they were infected. So basically, every time someone dies, the movie gets closer to patient zero. And as we go along, we see a lot of, you know, the people who died earlier in the movie, as far as the audience is concerned, are still alive. So you get to see a lot of people interacting. You kind of keep tabs on where everyone is in the town at that time. And it's really cool. Like, the only thing I can knock Hell is Full for is the fact that Whenever someone dies, the camera pans up to the sky and there's like a music cue that plays and then it fades to black. And once it hits black, there's like a sound effect and then it shows the name of the person. Then it fades up from black and we're back in the movie. The movie basically pauses itself for what feels like 30 seconds each time. And I know some of this is I like I like quick edits. I want to make sure we're still we're in the action. We're doing stuff. Um, yeah, Hell is Full basically as a movie stops all forward progress anytime a character dies and we start flashing back to another zombie. Besides that, and I think if you know that going in, it it softens the blow significantly. Hell is Full is great. I will also warn there is, there's no nudity in it, but there is an intentionally awkward sex scene that is phenomenally awkward. I'm just, it's on purpose, but it's there. Uh, then there's the creepy doll, which we, uh, I've watched on Amazon. It, it's fine. It's a, it's a, is the, is the doll killing people or is it this person who's killing them? Which then leads into Spirit Stalkers, which is, this is the first Big Biting Pig movie I saw actually at a screening when it launched. I'm so happy I did. Spirit Stalkers is so good, people. Um, This movie, uh, the Spirit Stalkers reality show, once a big hit, faces cancellation without a ratings boost, which leads the investigative team to Gloria Tallman, whose house is rampant with unexplained ghostly activity. 
so the the poster of the movie used to be just the house the movie takes place in with the word spirit stalkers over it but now the poster is a polaroid of gloria tallman with really spooky lighting and she's just in like a negligee like or like a like the what is it the white house coat dress thing night dress night dress maybe i don't okay i'm spending too much time on this uh it's a photo of her and seeing is believing is typed on it in in the bottom of the polaroid i this is perfect because the whole crux of this movie is we're in this creepy house lighting's bad things look creepy anyway and she's reporting that these ghostly things are happening. And the the spirit stalkers, uh, like, the idea is they're like ghost hunters, but they're not faking it. Like, in the way that ghost hunters got busted for faking haunting evidence so that they could, they keep, they could keep the show going, spirit stalkers are going to be canceled because they have debunked everything and the audience is bored of it. So their producer basically tells them, find something, fake it. I don't care. Just get me good footage or this is your last shoot. So they find Gloria Tallman and the head of Spirit Stalkers is like, I don't know what's happening. I can't tell if like she's faking it. I can't tell if she has lost her grip on reality. Uh, there is stuff happening in this house that I can't explain. And we've been debunking stuff for years. Uh, and that, that's the tension in the movie. Like, are the hauntings real? Is there a ghost in this house? Is Gloria Tallman messing with them? Does she just not know what's happening and she's doing the stuff anyway? Uh, we don't know until the end. And this movie goes places. It's so good. Uh, then there's Lucid, which is a movie about Lucid Dreaming. Uh, the Caretakers, which is their vampire movie. Francis Stein, which is their their, their Frankenstein movie, but like gender swapped, I think. Uh, and then It Lives in the Attic which is their their last movie. It came out in 2016. They haven't made anything since then. And uh, I haven't seen this one. I'm interested to watch it. I watched the trailer. It was really good. But the thing I want to point out is throughout this entire list, you've got Maniac on the Loose is a slasher gore porn movie. Then you got Goat Sucker, which is like their monster movie. Widow is like their slow burn thriller. There's a ghost in there somewhere movie. Then you got Hell is Full, which is their first like big cast Um a lot of locations, a lot of things going on. They're trying out zombies. They're seeing how that fits. Then they go back to smaller. They got creepy doll, which is like two locations and one and two exterior shots. Uh, and a very small cast and they're trying out creepy dolls and then spirit stalkers they're trying a they're trying a ghost hunting haunted mansion movie and then lucid they're doing a lucid dreaming thing and then they do zan they do zombies they do uh uh, uh vampires and then they do a frankenstein movie and then and then a thing living in the attic what is it movie um i came a quote from blog dog it i came away from this film with much the same feeling as after having first viewing stanley kubrick's a clockwork orange uh big biting pig tried so many things over a decade they put out over a movie a year and like the quality of these starts pretty good especially for a, a movie company run by two people in Madisonville, Kentucky that are basically using their vacation days from work to shoot a film and they do it once a year and each movie they're trying something different because like they could have stopped at Hell is Full, right? Like they made Hell is Full, I think 2011, 2012. That's when The Walking Dead was still 
popular. That's when zombies were starting to kind of subside as being popular. But they could have been like, wow, we're pretty good at zombie effects. We're pretty good at writing this. Why don't we just keep making zombie movies? But then they go make a creepy doll movie. And then they make Spirit Stalkers. They could have stopped at that, kept making ghost movies. They make a lucid dreaming movie in which the bad guy is played by Bill Leatherface Johnson from Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. The guy who played Leatherface in Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 is the bad guy in that movie. Uh, Big Biting Pig is the perfect example of why you should keep track of Facebook events for local theaters and talk to friends who are into you know the acting scene and just keep tabs i there are several other movies i talked about in an earlier earlier episode of spooktember but i've got a dvd right here called eight wheels of death which is about roller derby that it what is it hang on eight wheels of death the world's first roller derby zombie romantic comedy this movie is wackadoo wild and it like debuted in bloomington indiana uh, I don't think the company that made it has made another movie since then, but I am so blessed to have this movie in my life. Look into independent horror. Look into stuff that's being made in your area. Keep tabs on what, like, the little auditoriums and stuff are going to be streaming. Because sometimes, my voice is gone, I've recorded this for like an hour, you might find something fantastic. And if you want to watch anything I mentioned from Big Biting Pig, all of it is streaming on Amazon Prime and uh, uh, Maniac on the Loose, their first movie that is still available. Their first movie actually has been deleted off the internet. Um, You can watch it for free on their website or on their YouTube channel. And there's like a remastered version if you sign up for their email newsletter. My voice is officially gone. So I'm just going to I'm going to leave here. With these last vestiges of my voice fading away into the sunset, I thank you so much for spending these almost 14 minutes of your day with me. If you want to help out the podcast and you haven't already subscribed, please do so on your app of choice, Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, whatever. Maybe even turn on auto-download that helps out a bit. And uh, yeah, I've got 10 episodes left in this month and some awesome guest hosts lined up. It's just going to be like we're, we're going we're going to finish September with a bang and maybe even have a conversation about what we'll do in October. But nothing's set in stone yet. We'll figure that out when we get to it. Until then, I'll see you tomorrow. But remember, keep it real. Keep it scary.